What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to the Hustle Sold Separately. We are a weekly show dedicated to all of you entrepreneurs and hustlers and creators and designers and producers and musicians and innovators and CEOs, people just in around the world that are choosing their own path in one way or another, or maybe you are misunderstood and you are trying to do your own thing and you're not always understood. Well, I'm going to tell you right now here on this podcast, I get you, my guests get you. You're not alone. None of us do anything conventional um, or the, you know, status quo route. And that's okay. Because um, as I always say, we don't glamorize or glorify and success. Um, success is a very arbitrary word because it's all about how you define it for yourself and in whatever capacity success and your outcomes look like for you, right? Um, and that's why I try to move that, not try to, I do move that conversation away from how we see it online and on media to more at the individual level. And so every week I bring on incredible guests as well, besides doing some solo episodes. And those guests will talk about what are they experiencing in real time as they're building something that they truly, truly believe in, uh, or their second or third or fourth thing. Um, and sometimes it could be early on in their ventures. It can be, you know, their first or second year as well too, but they're going for it and they're taking a chance and they're learning some things in the process and they're willing to openly share about those things. So you guys can see we're all not that different and we're all just having a very humanizing experience while we're here, right? So for all my newer listeners, I'm Matt Gottesman. Thank you guys so much for being here. For my day ones, I really, really, really appreciate you guys. have been holding it down for a very long time, six years now, six million downloads. And, um, you know, I want to thank you guys all for the feedback and the ratings and the reviews. It means a lot. I know Apple releases the episodes even more to people because of it. So thank you guys so much. Uh, and for anybody new as well, um, you can reach out to me at Matt Gottesman on Instagram. Please do reach out. I answer every single text, DM, reply, response, everything on the wall. I will actually prove it here on today's episode <laughs> here in a minute. Uh, and, um, you know, and of course, if you want to get in the, the conversation at the intersection of creativity and entrepreneurship and culture at HDF magazine, where it all began. Uh, and, um, you know, guys, I answer my DMs and texts over there as well, too. So, um, really, really excited for today's episode for a multitude of reasons, um, because we get an early stage founder, we get, uh, somebody who's become a very good friend of mine, um, somebody who reached out, um, uh, because of the current global setting, if you will. <laughs> and, uh, um, she reached out to me last year, uh, with a, a really great concept that she wanted to work on. I got her and understood her right away. So this goes and proves point a, which is you all are believing in something greater than maybe where you might be at or something that you're just wanting to do and create and you need to be understood and also proves the point that I do answer my DMs and texts. <laughs> so, so we're going to be talking a lot about, you know, today specifically, um, you know, starting from scratch, starting something when it's, um, you know, aligned with your true purpose, but also, you know, being um, accountable and responsible for making it happen, right? And and figuring out the pieces along the way and not being afraid to lean into doing the things that you have to do. 
uh, and then building something while having to do other things to fund it and feed it, right? So we talk about this often, but we're going to actually hear even more directly from somebody doing it. Um, and so I'm going to give you a quick bio of Alex Manstead because uh, she's an amazing woman and it's been great to be a part of her journey so far. She's the founder of Atria, A-Y-T-R-I-A. It's a community of experts and resources, all with the common mission of breaking through bullshit and helping people thrive. Um, what I love about the platform, and I'll talk a little bit more of, of her background, and then she'll talk about her background when we go into it, but um, is, you know, as a lot of you guys know out there, when you're looking for resources in different areas of your life, especially mental wellness, maybe financial, maybe, um, uh, you know, in, in body and nutrition, all these things, it's hard. It's very, very hard. You have to like go and you look up all these different outlets. Some people are good. Some people are not so good. <laughs> you have to kind of, so first there's the, the responsibility of wanting to better yourself. Then there's the responsibility of like learning the, 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 the levels of people that are going to help you along the way. And that can be a journey. So, uh, Alex had reached out to me and said, Hey, I saw you're doing zoom calls. And, uh, you know, just, just because to help, you know, entrepreneurs or, you know, people with concepts. And they said, yeah, let's get on a zoom call. And she told me about the idea and I, I immediately got it. And I heard more about her journey and it makes perfect sense. You put together a platform that says, Hey, I know these are the different things that you might need. So here's some people that I thought I'd pull together and then grow the platform based on like knowing, you know, their, their reputation and knowing their character, knowing what they're all about. Right. Um, she had a series of life defining events and created Atria as that place, right? For people to come and be trusted advisor for trusted advisors and information relating to their mental and physical health. There's a lot in there. And, you know, as she says, in a world that is not set up to help people grow from their pain as readily available, Alex wants to help break through this and change the way she, uh, she or the way you see pain and how we can manage it. And um, she came back from a seven-year-old chronic back injury and her own mental uh, health issues, losing her mother suddenly at 25. And then after watching her battle mental and physical health issues her entire life, she just, she knew pain is, she knows she knew pain very well. Um, and is very much determined to help reduce the suffering that we inevitably go through mentally and physically. So obviously when she's telling me these types of things, that she wants to help impact the world from her own journey, of course I'm gonna take that Zoom call. And here we are now, uh, a year later, a little over a year later. Alex, welcome to the show. Oh my God, I'm just glowing right now after all of that. It is so good to be here. I'm so excited. This is a long time coming for both of us. I think we have talked about it the entire year at one point. Um, so it is really, really exciting to actually finally be on the show. Uh, and I would like to note to everybody as well, too. Um, so besides her taking the chance to reach out and say, hey, I, I want some help um, in creating something. And, and ironically, yeah. at the time, I was like, no, I'm, I was I'm, I was swamped. Actually, last year I was actually a very busy year. I'm like, no, no, no. She's like, no, I, I, you don't get it. I, I don't necessarily trust a lot of people, even though I, I haven't met you in person, but like, you know, something about your brand and that the way you deliver things and what you do. And I, I no, please, it's got to be you. And so I actually was like, all right, you know, we're going to let's do this. And, and I told her straight up, I said, if we do this, you have to execute every every way, even when there's resistance. And you did the entire time so much so that um, she did launch her platform and it's it's cranking already. And we'll, we will talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but she also did offer along the way to say, hey, you're doing a lot, you know, how can I give back? And uh, she offered to help as my podcast communications manager. So she does a lot of the outreach. 
there for not all the outreach um, with all the guests that do also come on the show. So you never know that the point being here is that um, taking a chance is very important because you just never know where it'll lead you to the people that can help you, the people that can, you know, um, be a part of your journey, you be a part of their journey. It can go in a lot of different directions. And so that's why like sitting still and not trying to make something happen is going to keep you in the exact same place. It will always do that. And you're, you don't stall because there's actually like everything is trying to get into you anyways, like into your world that you're trying to create. So, but Alex, my, my oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I've grown up and I will go into this. I've grown up in the corporate world. I've been around business my entire life and sales and all of that. And it's just value for value, right? So you're helping me. How can I help you? Like, it's such a simple transaction that people do get wrong often. And in that case, like something that, that seems small to me, which has obviously helped you and vice versa, but not small you helping me, but it's just value for value, I think. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you bring up the corporate world. So let's let's jump in there. <laughs> like, go as far back as you want. But the, you know, I told you before the show, the first question is always the same. Like, how do we get here? Because, first of all, taking on the world um, to help them in, um, you know, mental wealth. Uh, excuse me, mental health, but mental wealth and, and physical health and all these things. Um, but coming from a place of your own journey, um, and you can go as far back as you want. Um, in whether it's from when you yeah. were a child or whatever, but I would love for the people to get the more of the background context. So how did we get here? Yeah. How did we get here? I love this question. Um, I will take you on the story. So obviously growing up, like I was always very outgoing, always very confident, um, always just wanting to entertain, always wanting to kind of lead. I think. Um, and back then I don't think I even realized that's what it was. That's what it was. Um, and yeah, so I grew up, I grew up with a very sick mom and I'm going to start there because this is a huge core part of why I even started Atria. Um, but my family and I grew up, um, yeah, my mom was really sick our entire life. Um, I don't remember a time where she wasn't, she battled things like chronic fatigue syndrome, narcolepsy, um, chronic migraines, chronic pain in general, she was in and out of hospital our entire life. Um, she was just really always in pain and always struggling. And it, what she had wasn't, you know, necessarily fatal, but it was lifestyle destroying. And I think that, you know, both are abs absolutely like both types of um, illness can be really, really horrible to go through, but also sitting on sitting back and watching it. I also, as, at a young age, like I had no idea what the hell to do. I, I don't think I even really understood what was going on at times. It just became the norm for my family and I. Um, we grew up in chaos and, you know, that's something that became very normal for us. So I've always been very comfortable with chaos and I've always been almost, I think, because growing up with my mum, always being in pain, I now lean into pain. To my detriment at times, there's a lot of sabotaging that comes along with that. Um, so, but, you know, my top core value, um, and I talk about core, core values often, they're so important for people to understand. And my top core value has always been, and I think always will be growth. Um, to my detriment at times, moving forward and looking forward, I have to constantly be grounding myself, constantly be slowing down, constantly be present. Otherwise, I'll go way too far into the future and that just can mess with the head. Um, so, yeah, that that was, you know, growing up. But I had a, I had a great childhood. I did. I had a really great 
time growing up. Um, I had really great friends around me. We did, you know, lots of exciting things, had a really big social life. So, you know, growing up, I definitely, it was, even though it was hard at times, there was also a lot of good. So, um, yeah, so fast forward through teenage years and when I was 18 years old, this was when I first entered the corporate world. So a friend of mine was working at an insurance broker called Aon, massive insurance broker in the world. And she was like, if you join and last six months, we get $1,000. So the opportunist in me naturally was like, great, we'll split it. Um, so I joined and that was literally like, I just don't think I really knew. I didn't, I went to high school. Um, I didn't love it. I hated school. I liked being there with my friends and there was a couple of subjects, but I really was not very studious. I was in and out of school often. I was a bit of a rebel to be honest. And I think everyone who grew up with me would say that, um, yeah, you know, I never, I never did anything really, really bad, but I just was not. On the I feel, fringes. Yeah. On, the, on the fringes. My on the edge. Sorry. On the fringes, like on the edge, like you knew. I, yeah, you could push yeah, the limits. A I towed, I towed the line often. Let's just leave it at that. Um, and yeah, so I, I guess I didn't really know what I wanted to do out of high school. I just knew that high school was not for me, so I left in year eleven. So in Australia. Obviously, year 12 is where where um, the final year and then you go off to university after or you go off and start start the work, start in workforce. Um, so I left in year 11 and had I went into, it was actually my first like proper sort of job in terms of, so it was Google AdWords. So I was reselling Google, like SEO, basically. It was like my it was a baptism by fire in the sales world so it was like proper cold calling hardcore sales and honestly I think it really taught me so much in that moment firstly it, I think it made me develop hating sales because <laughs> um, that's what I that's what I thought it was that's what I thought selling was um, also I realized I think then how good I was at sales and you know, I copped, I've copped my entire life. You're a natural born saleswoman, you're natural this, you're a natural that. And I used to get very like embarrassed by it because I just, I was like, all I see of salespeople is they're fake. They're not, you know, they're just, you know, snake oil salesmen, right? <laughs> so I never wanted to be that person. Um, so when I get this now compliment, it used to sort of mess with my head a little bit. Um, so I thought actually, Actually, always meant that I was trying to move away from from being in the set in the influencing and sales world if that makes sense um, so anyway went to this Google AdWords uh, reseller that was very interesting um, and it was fun uh, then moved then moved into Aon so Aon was where I started my insurance career so it was, I just, I worked my way up through a few different companies um, as an insurance broker. So basically for anyone who doesn't know what an insurance broker is, you're the middle person between an insurance company and a client. So um, I put together insurance programs for businesses, um, you know, re reviewed risks. Uh, it's very, very much about relationships. So it is how, and, and the technical side, you have to understand a, a person's business or a com yeah, company's business and really understand what, the risks are associated with their business. What's the worst case scenario? What if the entire thing goes to shit? What, what do you put in place to make sure 
um, that you can sustain it. And it's so funny now that I have my own business. It's like, it's game changing how different you think about things. So if I was back in broking, which obviously we'll get to where I'm at now, and I I was, I did a contract recently and the way I was talking to people about their businesses was way more empathetic, way more understanding. Um, It's not to say I wasn't back then, but until you actually really can sort of relate, um, it's a very different place. So worked my way up through the corporate world in in some respects Um, and, yeah, ended up being an insurance broker. So this was about three, four years ago, um, and I, I sort of moved into a senior broking role. Um, and at that time, I think the business that I was with, they were fantastic, very supportive, but they were going through a lot of change as well. And I think that, I think I was still figuring out myself and I'll go back to obviously another defining event that happened during that time. Actually, I'll just say it now. Um, so when I was 25, um, I, Unfortunately, we lost my mum. So she passed away from a heart attack. It was very sudden. Even though she was sick our entire lives, we we didn't see it coming at at all. Um, And it, it like, shook the fuck out of us, really. It really changed. It changed everything for me. And I I guess, like, in a lot of respects, um, that was the moment where it was, like, I think I went through an existential crisis. Like that's what it was. It was like, what the what the hell am I doing with my life? Who am I? What am I about? It really made me sit up and take responsibility more than anything. And I saw responsibility as a bad thing before. Now I, I absolutely love it and I find ways to lean into it. So I think that that was, and through that time, it wasn't just I lost my mum. I went through a pretty tumultuous breakup, not just with my boyfriend at the time, but three of my best friends that I'd known for 15 years. Um, I'm happy to say we're all back together and best friends better than ever. Um, So we went through that and a few other things just, I think it was as well just where I was at mentally. I had a lot of self-worth issues. Even though I was confident growing up, I had so many underlying insecurities. I was that person that, you know, projected the confidence, but it wasn't real confidence. It was just, and I'll come back to, actually, I said something to somebody recently. I said, I've never felt more confident in my life, but like real confidence, like genuine self-worth, high confidence. Um, Back then it was just, I don't think I even realized it, but it was very much, uh, it was very much driven by other things um, that weren't as genuine. So yeah, so went through this clusterfuck of a, I don't know, year really. Um, And I was so, so like, I cannot explain to you how grateful I am to the people that were around me at that time. And this was where I met, and I know I'm going on a bit of a a random story here, so I hope everyone's keeping up, but it all makes sense at the end. Um, So during that time, I took on a really senior role as well, um, and I just wasn't ready for it. And with everything that was going on in my mind, I burnt out like, like a motherfucker, like burnt the fuck out. And I, yeah, went into the lowest place I've ever been in. Um, and it was it was really hard. I didn't know what to do. And I was constant. And this was where, 
you know, growing up, I loved personal development. It was always the thing that I was drawn to. Every time I'd be, you know, on YouTube or podcasts, I'd be drawn to TED Talks or I'd be drawn to whatever it was. And I mean, that makes sense, right? I was struggling with so many things mentally, always trying to find what I can. And I'm, I'm a, a solution orientated person. If you come like my poor friends, if you come to me with a problem, I'm going to try to find a solution. Um, and that's kind of where I was at in that respect that um, I was constantly, try- I think I was trying to fix myself without even realizing that I needed fixing people don't need fixing but we do need to grow and we do need to manage and um and yeah grow from the things that are causing us pain so so yeah I um basically just went on this journey of trying to find anything and everything I could to feel better and that led to finding Natasha King. So Natasha King is probably the, and I, I know we shouldn't give people too much power, but she's probably the most prominent person that's been in my life other than, you know, my mom and dad who got me here really. Um, but Natasha has, she changed my life. And so she's a kinesiologist and a mindset coach. And I just Googled her, found her. I went and saw her. And after one session, I was hooked. And now we're five years on or four years on. And I see her almost every month. She's now part of my business. Um, We're going into a partnership together. So she's, and she's become a really good friend of mine. Um, And that's, this is where also Atria sort of birthed from. And I'll come back, I'll swing back around to it. Uh, but I, I went through some pretty intense therapy with her, I guess. And what for those who don't know what kinesiology is, it's essentially, well, there's a lot of different ways that different kinesiologists do it. The way Natasha does it is very much a mix of a mix of things. Um, for me, the way that worked was talk therapy as well as the kinesiology, which is essentially muscle work and it's working with the subconscious. How do we unblock the things that aren't even in sort of our conscious mind. Um, So, and that was, it was so powerful. So we would obviously talk about things from, we'd we'd coach things out of me, but how do we get them to stick? Because you, with some therapy, it is very much, and it's, all of it is very powerful. I I have, like, I believe in all of it. well, some of it, I should say, there's definitely some bullshit out there, hence yeah. Atria. Mm-hmm. But hence um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I think that what worked so well for me was because I am very much an a thinker. I hate saying overthinker, but <laughs> I'm a thinker. Mm-hmm. And I think what worked for me was the talk therapy mixed in with the things, the subconscious side that I didn't even really know what was going on and how she was unblocking things and resetting things. So, and off the back of that, and this is where, you know, the birth of Atria really did come from, is that I gave her, I don't even know how many referrals it's up to now. Let's just say it's a lot. And it's not just the referrals, but these people still see her to this day. So it was a lot of people seeing the changes in me naturally and then also just me talking about Natasha as you can tell I speak about her with a lot of passion um and I mean every word and I could yeah I could go on and on and on about her often um and I think that people drew to that and they were like I I need to see this woman like who who the fuck are you talking about and I want to see her so um 
we used to joke often, you know, you need to turn this into a business. You need to, you need a referral fee set up or, or something like that. And I was always like, no, no, no. Like, this is just, you just need to go see her. Like, you know, I'm, I'm very, very driven by helping people. My love languages are words of affirmation. I'm sure everyone's picking up on that one and acts of service. So for me, doing something for someone is the ultimate high. Helping someone and having them say like, thank you so much, that really helped is like, psh, it's, it's music to my ears. It's very much um, what I thrive off. So anyway, so basically went through that with Natasha and I've had a comeback story, you know, and I love a comeback story. It was definitely, not only did I come back, but I became everything that, you know, I've always kind of... Everything that I was trying to reach, I started reaching. I started to, to break through things that I never thought were was possible. I never, you know, from money mindset, for example, I grew up with really, really um, in a scarcity mindset. You know, there wasn't ever enough money that I didn't, I was always terrible with my money. Now I've, you know, grown and managed and the way I manage it is totally different. And I've finally reached goals that I've always wanted to reach and, in my, you know, I, I very proudly say I've done a really great job with that sort of stuff. And I wasn't always good at it. And this is where I feel like people need to understand, like you, and I'll use this example, right? People always say to me, I'm not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. I'm a, I'm a morning person, right? I get up at 4.30 every day. <laughs> I go to the gym, I do my thing and I love it. But I was not always like that. And I had to, I had to make, I had to, uh, you know, do the habits and the behavior that set me up to become that person. Now I see myself as a morning person. And that's where, you know, people say, I'm not a morning person, or I'm not a healthy person, or I'm not a fit person. You can be anything that you fucking want. I promise you that you just have to align your habits and your behavior with that. And, mm -hmm. you know, my favorite book in the world, which I better bloody get some PR on this one day because I really <laughs> or some um some sponsorship on this one day because I do plug this book often but Atomic Habits by James Clear mm -hmm. it's it is one of the mm -hmm. most explosive books that anyone if you're listening to this right now just just if you haven't already and I know Matt's community well so I guarantee you most of you have read it or listened to the audiobook um if you haven't do it it changed my life. It's changed multiple people's lives around me. And it's just all about how you see yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, all of our habits and our behavior are truly aligned to that. So, so yeah, I very much changed who I, like, who I saw myself as. I saw myself as somebody that, you know, before, somebody I wasn't really proud of, to be honest. And I don't think I really need to go dig deeper into that. But I wasn't really proud of the person I was. I talked to myself like shit, you know. I know the saying, I am enough, like that. And that was Marissa Peer that I first heard that from. And that changed my life. I had it written on my mirror for years after I lost my mum. And I used to look at it every day. And at first, I never believed it. I never, I read it out and it was always like, you know, I am enough. That's, yeah, that's bullshit. Like, I don't really understand. I didn't even really understand why I wrote it on my mirror, I think. I think I was just looking for anything. And a few, yeah, after a while, it just started to sink in and I was like, no, I, I am enough. Like this is like, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely like a, a, a worthy person. And I think everything that I was doing with Natasha, everything on my own. Um, and yeah, it just started to kick in. So 
Yeah, I, I guess, and that brings me all the way back, and I hope you're still with me, guys. Thanks for coming on this little tangent with me. But I, that's when I was um, at this broking company that I was just like, I don't, I don't know what, is insurance really what I want to do? Like, is this really what my true passion is? I know I have passion for it, and weirdly enough, I know I don't know there's many people out there that say they're passionate about insurance, but I am. I think insurance is one of those things that, you know, the world would not be set up the way it is without it. It's a protection. And, you know, old mate wouldn't be driving his Ferrari down the street without insurance. So, you know, there's, it's, it really does, even from a small business point of view, it is saved people's businesses. It's actually, you know, things that have happened in their lives that, and I know as a now small business owner, if something happens, like, I need to bounce back, right? And that's what insurance can can help with. I also appreciate there's a massive stigma around insurance and I get it, guys. I know there's, I'm sure there's plenty of claims that, that haven't been paid, but there's plenty that have been. And I am definitely part, I'm an advocate for that world. And I definitely want people to have a different opinion of insur- the insurance world, even just the fact that people think it is stiff and it's not, it's actually a really exciting world to be a part of. I've had the best time being an insurance broker. I've met some amazing people that have now come into my business even more. Like it's, it's these contacts that I've made and these connections that I've made, um, you know, it's powerful. And that's don't, don't discount the people you meet along the way because you never know how they're going to help you later on. And honestly, like it's crazy how much my insurance world and where I'm going now have come together. It's almost, you know, I don't want to harp on too much about, you know, fate and things like that, but it, it just kind of feels like all of this has happened for a reason. Um, so basically I was ready to leave this company and I was ready to, I was studying change management. I was exploring leadership consulting, management consulting, exploring everything that, really, I went into a place of like, what lights me up? What am I passionate about? You know, what really, what, what really do I draw to in my own time? And I really, really do. You know, that's one of the top pieces of advice I give to people when they're like, you know, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Start there. What do you draw towards first? When you're on your own, you're other than scrolling on Instagram reels and you're stuck in a vortex, what do you draw to? What do you research and Google the most? What's and draw and draw into that, right? So I realized it was personal development. Like that's that was the top thing. And obviously I've got these underlying core reasons. My mom um meeting Natasha and and you know, obviously all of that and seeing how explosive that was, um, even insurance broking, like being the middle person between a community and something else. Like, you know, I realized how important it is to have a trusted advisor. So that's, I guess, all kind of led me to this place where I've created this. Um, And right before that, I was lucky enough to move from broking into operations. So I became an office manager for a bit Um, And I loved that. It was crazy. The business was going through a lot in terms of mergers and um, acquisitions. And and I got to experience what it's like to be a part of change in a massive way, organizational change. And I was really lucky to be a part of the leadership team in in a way and get to be involved in a lot of that stuff with them. 
and yeah, help them and really try to to you know bring everything together. So after that, yes, that and, was and the shift year. and the shift to Atria. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was and that was a big year um, of my life. You know, anyone who knows me through that time knows that I was running on all cylinders and not like I was previously when I burnt out, you know, when I lost my mom, I knew what I was doing. I knew what was going on. I knew that I needed to slow down, but I just wasn't. I just knew that that there would come a moment where I would get to that point. Um, and what, yeah, so I... May, may I ask, what was the the shift? What was the shift was the in shift? terms yeah, of... Yeah, like what, what happened? Um, things are seemingly going well. There's a lot of, you know, you're, you're, you're evolving a lot in from all of the, you know, the work with Natasha and, and some of the things that you're doing for yourself at, at a personal level. What happened that led you kind of, you know, into the next phase with, with Atria? Yeah, it was for <laughs> me, it was the pandemic. <laughs> like, thank you. So that... Yeah. And that, like, honestly, I know that I'm really sensitive about talking about this because I know that so many people went through some serious fucking shit. People lost people that were important to them, lost things that were important to them, all of that. So I don't, I don't want to be um, insensitive in saying that, you know, it was, a, it wasn't a hard year. It was a fucking hard year. It was the hardest year of my life, really. And after hearing everything you just heard me talk about, it was hard, but it gave me, so I, I actually started at a startup tech firm for a little bit, because why not? You know, obviously I was exploring myself. Um, and unfortunately due to COVID, um, I basically lost my job. And that made me, it made me sit with myself. So you can hear, right, I'm, I'm a fast person. I'm on the go, everything. I don't slow down often. And I'm that's changed now, but then it, yeah, I had no choice, you know, pandemic, you're in isolation. Um, you've got no choice but to sit with yourself. So it was the thing that really made me come back to myself and again, figure out what lights me up and not from a career perspective, right? Because, you know, we hear this all the time. What, what do you do? And people start talking about their jobs and stuff like that. No, but like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? And this was, it's funny, Matt, because this was where you and I, uh, you actually quoted me um, during this time, which was, let's not be crazy ambitious about our careers. Let's be crazy ambitious about our lives. And that's what I started to do. I started to get ambitious about other things in my life, you know, adventure. I did, I started working with um, Morgan Rose Mor uh, Moronet, uh, which is, I'm sorry, Moroni. I always go to say that wrong. Um, Maroney and we were doing like handstand, like I did a handstand workshop with her, obviously not during the actual pandemic, but I started just exploring things for fun and for joy and just, I don't know, coming back to myself. And out of that, that's when you and I met, that's when I started to work with you and you helped me to really hash out this idea that I had, which was the top like level idea that I came to was a wellness center. I always, I have always wanted to own my own gym. Um, I've always wanted to, because of everything that I've gone through and everything that I've experienced, I wanted to create a place that has integrative services as well as having a gym and being just purely from a selfish aspect to be able to train there myself um, and also create a place that people can come to where whatever pain they're experiencing, mental or physical, they've got something there to help. 
And that obviously stems from watching my mother my whole life, right? So they, she, and you she did the best. And, and you worked on yourself. Absolutely. Right. So it's, that's, it's very much driven by watching pain my entire life, whether it's my own or others. And it's not just my mother. I've watched multiple people go through enough shit that it makes me, and it makes me angry. It makes me really frustrated. And and that's another tip I give people. What makes you angry? What, what do you lean into and what do you sit there and, and get really frustrated about? And I don't mean like petty shit where you're, you know, obviously on a loop in, in your mind. I mean, the stuff that really hits you hard. That's another, that's another trigger as to following what lights you up. And for me, I used to get angry at, you know, people, even to a degree, the, like, this is where I want to preface this by saying the people that helped my mother from doctors through to um, mental health professionals did the best that they could. And I'm forever grateful to them. My only thing is that I truly do wish that I was the person I am now to be able to help my mother differently because back then I didn't know. I didn't know about kinesiology. I didn't know about other types of therapy that would have helped my mom. I know, I truly, truly believe in the core of me would have changed things for her. So. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to interject a little bit because I, we're going to, we're going to touch on a bunch of different things and I'm going to interject for a little bit. Uh, A couple of really quick things. One, um, thank you. Cause there's some things in there that I knew about you and some things I didn't know doing well with chaos, hardcore sales, couldn't move away from it. Um, insurance brokering is about relationships. You have to understand the risks with their business, underlying insecurities, never felt uh, more confident in your life. You love personal development, solution oriented person. Why am I reading all these off to you? It's very, very simple. So I tell people all the time, if you look back and you connect all the dots, it would make sense that you would be doing what you're doing because if you if you're leaning into chaos, it means you're leaning into um, problems and emotions and dealing with them in a world that sometimes it's not very easy for people to do that. And you can help others do that. You learn in in um, insurance and brokering sales and relationships, sales. And I feel you on that when you said about sales, um, it does get sometimes a bad rep because of you know, like uh, I'm I'm probably in my opinion one of the greatest sales and marketing people. Period. End of story. I feel that. I actually feel that. Why it's hard sometimes to take on that identity is because of the people that you talk about in sales and marketing that have kind of really like, I think it's Gary Vee or somebody said, you know what makes marketing really bad? Marketers, right? Um, not like that. He just meant like the people who, who did it inauthentically. They took like the actual things you should be doing in marketing and but they were inauthentic and then they did them. And I was like, well, I don't want to be associated with those people. But at the end of the day, everything is sales. And I think when you tie sales to the cause, to like something that you truly believe in, that you have experience in, that you know and understand, and that you're constantly evolving in, and that is doing good by somebody else, you can't lose. So the ability to be able to like actually be the translator of said company, service, product, or or human being to another set of <laughs> you know human beings is um, a gift. And I thought it was cool that you try to get away with it, get away from it, and you couldn't because it's going to lead you to where you are now. Um, and that's a gift. And in a previous podcast, there was a talk about, you can try to turn things down as much as you want. You could try to say no as much as you want, but if they keep coming up, it's probably because it's a gift for you. You just, you won't know its relationship into, for you until years from now. Right. Um, 
and then I just I like the idea of um, you were saying that if you knew now what you knew, if you knew then what you know now, you know how you would have maybe helped your mother and other things. But it's it that's always that's the the hindsight is twenty twenty because at the same time you know what you know now because of your mother, um, you know, and because of of uh, the things that you chose, you know, either you chose to or that you just naturally went through coming up. So. Um, you know, so it's interesting how it all kind of plays together, right? I mean, uh, so I, I wanted to just give you, I wanted to give you a moment <laughs> just to kind no, of break. And do you, know, do you know, guys, this is what I love about Maddie, right? So he, this guy is a master definer. So he, like you, obviously, not only did you help me start up my business, but you helped me refine my message. Because it's really hard when you, you there's so much, there's so much that you have in your head and your mind. And having someone help you to really hash that out is so important. And that's what I think you do best, Matt, is that, I mean, you just help to clarify and come back to the core reason and the, the why and, and help to come back to that succinct message. Well, I'll tell you a, a secret for anybody listening, and you already know this. Um, <laughs> really, when you listen to people tell their story um, and you watch progressively the experiences they go through and the choices they're making and you're very present with them, you can actually see the dots connect. So A, it's our job to let somebody express themselves, give space to let somebody express themselves so you can actually, so they themselves can voice their journey and B, have somebody who's listening that is basically kind of almost documenting being like, are you aware of this, this, and this? And it's like, huh interesting like yeah it makes sense so when you say definer it's really the funny thing is it's just listening to you or to any person any founder any ceo any individual tell their story you get to go oh i see i can see the correlations and when you start to understand the correlations and actually have a conversation about them you start to have more clarity i think and direction and then once you have direction you start executing that's where the confidence part you were mentioning the confidence and i was like yeah but that's also because once you kind of step into it with clarity, you know kind of the decisions you're making and why and how. You understand from an emotional standpoint, you understand from a business standpoint, you especially understand from a business standpoint, even what you don't know, it doesn't matter because you've been around business environments and you learn relationships and sales and other things. So, you know, so that's what sparks the confidence. It's like, oh wait, this doesn't have to be that hard. And I remember you said that to me one, one day, yeah. you were like, oh, wait a minute why was it so hard? I'm like, why was it so hard? You know, you know, it's so funny. It's like, you have seen it from the beginning. Like you've seen, you have, you have had me many times voice clipping you like, Matt, what the fuck am I doing? You know? And like, that's the thing is self doubt is it's, it's a great thing and it's a fucking asshole, right? Like <laughs> it helps you to, it helps you to lean into things and kind of realize, you know, where you need to be focusing your energy. But at the same time, it, it, it halts action. Now, and this is something Natasha's taught me is for me, inaction is a soul killer. Like mm-hmm. it is, it is what triggers me into a state of fear. And then it, and it bleeds into my entire life. It's not just like I go into a scarcity mindset around one thing it's it bleeds into my whole life so going back to what you're saying about confidence and this is one of my favorite theories um self-efficacy right so self-efficacy for those who don't know it's the theory of of how you get something done so we're talking about execution and 
And um, basically the first step is believing that you can, whether you whether you believe it or not, you just believe. You just straight out, I've made a decision, I'm going to believe that this is possible. The next step is looking at the evidence around you. So looking at other people who are similar to you or, you know, somebody else did it, you can do it too, right? And this is what I've done with the business. I've seen multiple people that are either, you know, of the same capabilities of me or we're a little bit under, not meaning that to sound arrogant, but like if they can do it, surely I can do it, right? So there's that, there's the evidence. Then the third step is you do it once. You end up doing it. You start. I started a business. I tried it. And this is where the confidence comes from, right? The execution. This is where, and it's the repetitions of doing it. When I started this, like, honestly, from, yeah, I've been around business my entire life, but being around business and starting your own business, very different things. You're finally, like, to all my managers, past managers listening, past leaders that are listening, I get it now, guys. I understand what you were going through and how hard it was to do, you know, multiple things, have people's best interests in mind whilst moving the business forward. It is such a hard thing to do. And now I finally, you know, have that empathy around it. So the confidence for me now, this genuine confidence has come from execution seeing myself doing it, the action that comes with that and uh, and then co- and then redoing that step. And business is just, in my opinion, you try something, it you get the feedback and you adapt, you try again, you adapt and, and, it, and eventually it just, okay. and that's why feedback and adapting is so damn important. I'm sure everyone listening has probably read Think and Grow Rich as well. And that's, you know, I'm so happy that was passed on to me by a previous manager. And that book is just realistically, actually, I won't say what that book is about, because if you haven't read it, go and read it, because it means something different to everyone. And that's what I love about this book. And to me, it meant about being open and adaptable. And that to me is what business is. Well, I think what, you know, to expand on that too, on the confidence, um, when you start moving, you know, it's a, there's a famous quote from Paulo Coelho, which I didn't think he adapted it from somebody else. Um, maybe it was Thoreau, but it was someone like, you know, when um, you uh, want to realize a dream, all the world conspires to help you get it. Um, when we actually move, go into movement and actually do something, you start seeing that just different things happen. And it's like, uh, you know, and you got to, you got to, dance right because there's when i say dance because there's some people who are not going to get it they're not your audience and then there's definitely people who definitely get in like oh my god that's incredible like because maybe now you're talking to your your right audience and um but being in the game is what get, brings confidence because you start to see like oh it's not as scary as my mind made it up to be there's a um time warrior um also is a really good book and this is still one of the greatest lessons i have ever learned and it's still applicable always and i still find myself in this every now and then so anybody listening the book is called time warrior w a time warrior and there's a part where <laughs> he talks about um you ever want to do something and you don't know the details so you're like i'll take care of that next wednesday i'll, I'll take care of that next week no problem i'll, I'll get to that next week cuz the details seem like you don't know what they are so you're like oh god that's going to be a lot of work and then what happens is that whole week, you actually grow in your mind automatically 
the um you know the resistance of like oh my god there's gonna be so much to do with it how am i gonna do that i don't want to get to it you start pushing it off you start pushing it off you start pushing it off how did i learn this i remember right here in this exact studio i remember um having to do something for the podcast with one of the executive producers and we had to get it ready for google play and i was like you know there's probably like a whole process like yeah probably and he's like i tell you what why don't we schedule next week i'm like cool we're going back and forth about five minutes Concept. First of all, I'd already put off trying to mess with this. This is years ago. Try to mess with this. I put off about, I don't know, a year and a half. A year and a half. A year and a half. And finally, I'm like, asking, like, hey, how do we do this whole thing with Google Play to make sure that it's also taking on the, the podcast? Like, you know, I don't know. I'm like, okay. He goes, how about we set up some time next week? And I was like, great. And we're going through our schedules. That's taking five minutes to find the right time. Finally, we find the right time, a, a window, if you will, for an hour on a Wednesday at like one in the afternoon. And I'm walking out and I hear this like voice in my head like, why don't you ask what's involved? And I turn around. I'm like, hey, out of curiosity, like, what does it take to do this? And he's like, I don't know. He Googles right then and there. And he's like, hmm. And I'm like, what's that? He goes, hang on one second. Goes, gets my RSS feed, drops it into like something that Google created on a platform. He goes, I think that's it. I think we just solved it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> he said, I think. You know how many freaking times? Like, oh my God, Matt. And you watched me do this amount, the amount of times. You know, it's funny. It, you you would just, so I don't believe in, like, I don't believe in laziness. Right. right? Do people I. call yeah. themselves lazy. Yeah. You're not lazy. You have no clarity. You, you, procrastination, procrastination is the biggest trigger that you should be noticing, which means you don't have clarity. Exactly. So even just before I jumped on this podcast, right, I've been sorting through a mountain of things and I, it's taken me a few days to get there, right? I've procrastinated. And why? Because I had no clarity. Mm -hmm. I had no clarity of what the task is. When you have clarity of what the task is, and I say this, like I had to go through the hard lessons for this, right? Last year, starting this up. Um, and I'll be completely raw with this, right? There were days where I just completely would like go and you, you're laughing, Matt, because you were on the other end of it. Um, and you know, I just was, my mind was messy and I was putting myself down and I was, you know, the self-worth was low, like, you know, it's so much so there were days that I would spend in bed guys. Like, I'm not even joking you that I would just kind of be like, that's, that's not like, I can't do this. Like I'm just, and it would bleed into all areas of my life. And that's the thing is when you don't have that clarity of what you're trying to do, it really does make you feel out of whack and it makes you feel lazy and you feel like you're procrastinating. And this is where I say, find the way that works for you. Mm -hmm. No one can tell you what works for you. I recently had a, a conversation the other day with a, a very good friend of mine who is about to, is starting to study now. And she um, she's an amazing woman. She's going to do amazing things. But she was like, Alex, I just can't fucking study. And I was like, mate, no one can study. Like, well, but actually, sorry, there's plenty of people that can. I know plenty of people that dominate and love to study. I'm not one of those people either. So you've got to find the ways that work. For example, for me, when I study, I go in sprints. I set a timer. I, I do it. I recently did this for something for my current job. And my current full-time job, which we'll obviously get into that in a second. But that was where, like, I know how I work now and I know, and I know how I don't work. So that's an important thing because I know how to get myself back into flow. I know how to get myself back into momentum. 
but that didn't come easy. That came from a lot of hard yards. So if you're out there right now, you've started something and you're in the middle and the thick of that, like back and forth, lean into it, feel it, know that there is a better day coming. I promise you that. I didn't know it at the time. Matt was constantly telling me, people around me were coaching me through it. But this is the thing is like that, that day comes where you become a master of execution. Mm-hmm. And I say master loosely because I'm still, you know, definitely still learning it. But that's, and going back to what you're saying about confidence, this is where the confidence comes in because I am now at a stage where I feel confident about executing things. And because of that, things have started happening even more for the business. The clarity is a really, really big thing. And then we'll, we'll move into, you know, how you're managing growth, including the job now. But, um, cause I want to talk about that as well to, to kind of cap off the conversation, but um, the clarity is a really, really, really big component. Most people can not only not move in their dreams, but also experience anxiety, not have the relationship that they want in partnership, not be clear on what to do with their bodies. A lot of things are all usually related to a lack of clarity. Um, and once we start to actually lean into understanding them more and kind of pulling all that information together, we start to get clear. And when we start to get clear, we start to feel a little bit more like relief, if you will, because it's like, oh, I now can wrap an understanding around this. Um, And that's usually all that's really happening is that if you don't know something that can cause an anxiety in some capacity where you can call it whatever you want to call it. And so a lot of people just don't realize, like, it's just about getting clear. And, you know, of course, we hear people say that all the time, like, I don't know how to get clear. It's like, let's take one (laughs) thing at a time and actually, like, let's dive into the details of it. Um, But usually it's like, hey, um, if there's an area you don't know, go, like, look into it. Or, like, even to your point earlier, like, if there's an area you're angry, what is that really about? Let's get some clarity on that. Is there a trigger somewhere that came from something? What was that born from? And then once you actually know it, it stops being a trigger. So clarity is like, it's kind of game changing formula. I don't think it, it gets yeah. expressed enough um, for, for yeah. people. And, and you're right about the procrastination. It's like, if you don't know something like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. And then that becomes a habit. And then that habit as, you know, yeah. James clear. And that's how, you, and that's how you then see yourself, right? You right. see yourself as somebody that doesn't get shit done. Right. I see myself now as somebody who gets shit done. Right. And that took me a while to get to. And it's so funny you're talking about that story that you had. The amount of times that it's like, you know, there's the meme that goes around or mem or whatever anyone wants to call it. Um, you know, this could have been an email. You know, oh, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. in a meeting. And I mean, how many times have we been in those meetings where this could have been an email? Right. And that's that, that I actually come back to that often. Um, even just voice clips, you know, you and I voice clip all the time about whatever it is, whether it's for your podcast or for Atria or whatever it is that we need to chat about. Like we, we now, I think you and I have worked very well with stopping the whole, like, uh, you, I don't think you ever really like this anyway, but the back and forth, we just now it's like, let's do this, put it in the diary for here. That's the next step. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, yeah, it's, it really, it, it is, I know, <laughs> It is simple. It really is. And that's the, but that's the hardest part is getting to that getting simplistic simple. mindset. Yeah. Getting and, and I think that that's what people need to, you know, definitely lean into and not discount the fact that it is hard and I get it. And, and I said this in a post on my Instagram the other day, like if it was hard, every, if, if it was, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Right. right? 
And whether it is you are, whatever you were trying to do in your life, it's going to feel so much better because of the hard yards you put into it. Right. And, you know, for everybody listening, especially when, when Al, and I, I don't mean to speak for you, but like, cause I, I know you in context. When, yeah, when, when we say, when we say it's hard, um, it's what makes it hard is because it's the battle between yourself. It's not hard. Like, I mean, most of you out there, I'm sure obviously has given, I would think evidence from the people you do work for, you know how to do work. Or if you're a gamer or if you like to play sports, like, and you took that serious, like, you know how at some capacity to do work, what makes it hard is the conversation or the battle you're having with your own self along the way. And those days that you don't really feel like showing up because there's a battle sometimes of your own resistance like that's happening like how would this ever work and how will this ever that and how will this ever this which is really a process of just letting go and be like if my intuition and gut say to do this let me just let go and just like lean into it and see what happens and then the more practice of that it's like why was this so easy well it was easy because you got out of your own fucking way and, yeah. and that's uh. the conversation that's really and it sounds but, but here's a funny part you said getting this simple is it simple? Yeah. Does it sound simple? Yeah. Is it really that simple? Yeah. But you're not the person. I mean, the, the individual is not necessarily simple. And so that's the issue. We're mm. the issue and we're the solution all the same time. And, and we are our own worst enemy. So we really are. So I want to, I want to ask you, cause I know we, we got to wrap here in a little bit, but like, um, yeah. you know, but the cool thing is we've covered pretty much everything that I wanted to cover with you today from starting from scratch and then building something, uh, you know, uh, around true purpose. Um, so, you know, there's two, two areas that we can over the next 10 minutes. I want to just talk about this. Um, one, you're noticing that, um, actually I'll, I'll start with the first one. Um, and hopefully we dedicate five minutes to each. So you, you, the first one is, well, just for sake of time. And, and I want to make sure to get this all in. No, no, I love this, it. And this is, this is actually really important because there's two very important things that I think are, are, are going to lead into each other. One, um, the first one is, um, getting to a place where um, you you had time to work on the business because of what was going on last year. And then you you also had a little bit of a run rate. And then you were like, listen, I want to keep this thing going. So I'm going to look into getting a financier. You actually looked at that, you know, and also being in with in business as, you know, that'll help, you know, fund what I really want to do as well as like continue to give me more mastery in, in businesses in general. So that way it can help you fund your passion while you're growing it. Then that also has also more recently led you into if I'm managing business and I'm managing my business, one is taking me to have to deal with a lot of clients uh, and, a, and a firm. The other one is having me deal with, um, you know, providers and a community that I'm creating and content, all these other things. Well, that means I better be very good with my time. And if I'm very good with my time, that means I'm saying no to a lot of fucking things. So the first yeah. question is, I want to say, like, how has that been for you in your approach to having um, working for something? And what does that alleviate for you mentally while you build? And what has that been like saying no to more things? So saying, yeah, okay. So basically, I feel like I have been training for this my entire life, really. You have. Um, and, and I have. And like, that feels so fucking good to be able to utilize the last 30 years of my life for this next stage, right? So to go to your first question, yeah, so I took a full-time job. So I work at Blake Oliver Consulting, uh, which is a recruitment company. Um, and they do legal, insurance, uh, and a few other things, right? So I took, I'm their operations manager slash consultant. I have this 12-year network in Broking. Why the hell wouldn't I use it? And 
monetize out of it, right? And I say that as as loosely as I can. There's a lot of friends that I have in insurance and now I get to help them find their next career stage. And as you can hear, like I love all of that shit. So I don't, my conversations with these people aren't just what job do you want? It's like, what do you like? What, what lights you up? Like it, they're probably like, fuck, I've never had this conversation with a recruiter before. Um, and that's sense. what value I bring. Yeah. Well, that's the value I bring to Blake Oliver, right? Yeah. Because not only do I have this network of 12 years that that we and, and experience in the broken world. So when I speak to these people, I speak their language and I can relate to them. But it's also about the fact that everything I do with Atria, it's about a it's all about a, a grander purpose. Why are we here? What are you doing? If everyone in the world just did what they should be doing, this would be a happier place. Amen. Like it honestly would be if everyone followed what lights them up. And I, I'm not saying that you only have to follow that thing. We're not one thing. And the, as you can tell, and what I'm about to tell you. So, you know, the other thing is, is that this is now meant that the money pressure is off Atria. So I am now in a position to make decisions for that business that are right for the core purpose of Atria and not about how do I make money? I even have have people that I consult with who advise me, including you, on how to monetize it because if it were up to me, I'd be giving shit away for free. And that's <laughs> that's not a good place to be either because I need to keep Atria growing, right? So I need to keep reinvesting into it. I also have other businesses that I will eventually be uh, investing into as well. And if I want to do that, I need to be in a place from a funding aspect where um, I'm in a strong position. So... That bleeds into saying no and where I'm at now. So I, yeah, so I'm a, I've got this full-time job and then I've also got Atria and then I've also got all of my amazing friends around me. I also am very into fitness and health. So how do, how does Alex stay on top of all of that and keep happy and not lose her mind? Um <laughs> Well, obviously I have Natasha on tap once a month. I see her, I do, I see her once a month because mental health professionals are not just there to help standardize guys. They are there to optimize. You should be, like everyone should be utilizing and using mental health professionals to level up. It's not just about how do I get happy again or how do I deal with my depression and anxiety and all of that. It's about how do I move to that next level in life? Mm -hmm. We all need the help. And whether it's a mental health professional or it's a Matt Gottesman or it's a whatever it is, find that person and let them help you get to that next level. Um, we're all in this together. We are. And that's that's kind of what Atria is all about. So saying no. So I'm actually right now not drinking for 30 days, right? Everyone knows that recruitment is a boozy industry and it's because, you know, a lot of business gets done over a beer or two and that's fun. There's a lot of fun in that, but I can't show up for Blake Oliver. I can't show up for Atria. I can't show up for myself if I'm not saying no more. So right now I'm not drinking um, and even just down to, you know, my friends have been so amazing and supportive and there's been things I've had to say no to and they get it, right? They love me and they want to see me thriving and growing. So anyone who doesn't understand it, get rid of them. If they don't support you and they don't understand what you're trying to do, they're not your person. And that's okay. That is okay. They don't need to be your person. You don't need to be their person. So I think saying no has changed the game for me. And it actually it really kind of came about recently. I kind of, 
after starting in Blake Oliver and everything, I did have a little burnout moment where I was like, I, I'm burning the candle at both ends here. I'm drinking, I'm trying to do Atria, I'm trying to show up for Blake Oliver. I'm trying to get to the gym. So like I wake up at 4.30 every day. I go to the gym. I come home. I work on Atria for a couple of hours. I go into Blake Oliver and I'm in back-to-back meetings most days. Like it's it's full on. You're constantly talking to people. I'm moving things forward for the business from an operations perspective. And then I come home and like that's where it's me time. That's I go to bed early. I have my chill time. And that's not always easy. Like, you know, I woke up at 1.30 in the morning the other day and I was in complete flow. I had all of these ideas coming to me and everything and it was hard to switch off. So in that moment, I just let it happen, got it all out and went back to bed. And, you know, that day I was like, okay, well, I can't, I'm going to, I'm not going to compromise on sleep. So I'm just going to not go to the gym and then I'll go into work. So it's all about just knowing yourself and I guess, being a master prioritizer, we go back to clarity and that is the most important thing. Set yourself up for the week. Sundays, make them self-care Sundays, but also about what's coming up for the week so that you go into the week with that complete confidence of this is what I want to achieve this week. And I know we're, we're going to wrap up in a sec, so I'll, I'll keep this brief, but SMART goals, look it up. S-M-A-R-T goals and look up what they are, figure out what they are. They, and it doesn't act, it's an acronym. And it's basically explaining, like, get clear on your goals so that when you, I've literally just done that before this podcast. I know what I've got to do this week and, and I just got to dominate now. I got to go in and actually just smash it out. And, and that helps to keep the execution moving forward. There's a lot though in there. And uh, sorry, cause I want to say to the audience, cause this is the difference between, so when people hear like, oh, I get it, I have to set goals and I have to set, uh, you know, numbers and like, no. The issue, what we're talking about is, is you have to get clarity. And if you know, like, like, again, what do you want? Like, what do you actually want? Like, oh, well, I want this. Like, cool. Well, okay. Have you looked real quick though? Because I, I want people to understand this. Like, if you look into the things to make that thing happen, now you at least know what you're spending your time on. And if you know what you're spending your time on, you're not confused. Your body's not like, oh, how will I get there? How will this? How will that? Like all these different things. And now, now, let's be honest. You're able to answer the question, did you do the thing or did you not do the thing? But at least you knew what the thing was. And now you're kind of like able to see in real time like, oh, I get it. Like this is what I got to do. And by the way, the things that you got to do aren't really bad. You're creating your life. It's like, oh, I really want the fit body. Like, cool. Would you rather be in, in the gym at, uh, in the morning, in the afternoon? Uh, so maybe once or twice a day or whatever, because it's a Zen place or would you rather just be like drinking yourself to death or whatever over there, or whatever. And like, cause you don't want to like do this. Like, it's like, it's just a matter of knowing like, what is the life? What is it that you want? And then you're able to at least go, okay, well, I don't know. Like what's involved with getting those things. Like, oh, here's what I got to do. Like, okay. Now you're clear at least, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'll, give, I'll give the audience a live example, right? What I wrote. So Atria is about to do its first outdoor yoga session. Um, with our provider, Diana uh, Parada. So Diana is hosting an outdoor yoga event by the water and we've got an exclusive bunch that have been invited and it's very exciting and I'm really excited for this event. And so how am I moving that forward with everything that's going on and I've got a bunch of other things for Atria that are being rolled out and literally the, the next step is sending an email to someone. 
So I've literally written that. That is it. That's the next step is moving. Mm -hmm. And then you do that. And then you figure out the next step and the next step and the next step. That's the clarity that, you know, that's how you move forward is you just deal with it one thing at a time. Yes, you've got the end goal and the big picture in mind, you know, like the the, the outcome here is Atria's live, uh, sorry, outdoor yoga event. How do I keep that moving forward in the timeline that I've got is just those small steps. And that's where going back to Atomic Habits, go and read it. It, it It's a game changer. It brings you back to the clarity. You must have had an incredible mentor. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! You sound like he, you're a mentor. I would say one one thing, wow. one, one thing at a time. But he's you know, really but, he's really humble too. Very, very humble. Very. Um, <laughs> but I. But you know what? Um, very well put point about the one one. You and I talk about this all the time. One thing in front of the other. I tell people all the time. Like the the most success is just showing up. Um, that's not a, I don't remember who said the original quote, but it was most success is just showing up. Like literally, like if you know what the next step is, just show up to it and then just do it. Like, Oh, I got to send this email. Cool. Do that. And then see what happens next. Like, okay, like what do I have to do next? Next, next, next. Nike said it first guys, just do it. (laughs) There you go. Very true. Uh, so you know, and they weren't wrong. It's just, there's like, if you can kind of just get out of your head and just be like, just do the thing. Like, I don't know what to do the thing. Just show up to it and then you'll figure it out. Like, and now, yeah. now we're talking about critical thinking and, and actually just executing on a task, you know? So, um, and, and I know people always go like, what if I get it wrong? I'm like, none of us get it right. Like all the time. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm just willing to yeah. lean in and just be like, well, I guess I got to do it. Well, what happens if it doesn't work out? Like, it'll tell me what to do next. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. Well, like- I'll pass on, I'll pass on something to the audience that Natasha and I just dealt with, right? We, my, the thing that's come up for me is slowing down because if I don't slow down, I can't go fast. Right. Yeah. So the thing that we have me do now is a journaling exercise that, um, I write, what if, uh, dot, dot, dot. And I write, so what if, I don't know, being on this podcast, I say something stupid, dot, dot, dot. And then you write, so like you write what the worst case scenario is. Well, Matt will edit it out. (laughs) True. That's, you know, and that's so, so that's, and that's called fear setting. And Tim Ferriss also Mm. talks about it as well. But like, what is the worst case scenario? Figure that out and then just go and fucking do it. Right. (laughs) Like you'll figure it out. (laughs) It's a very, very valid point. If you can just slow down, I would say slow down to speed everything else up in your life. If you can just slow down and just ask yourself the questions like, wait a minute, what am I? actually afraid of like people that say like oh this could happen that kind of like cool you're absolutely right it could happen how does that feel well i'd be devastated like why what what comes with that like well everybody will will think this like what will they think like i I don't know and i'm like no you don't like it it, so i i think but but it's good but it is good it is good to ask ourselves these questions so um, also um and i I know we're about to wrap up but the, the one thing that i can say to people is don't don't forget how important a good night's sleep is. Like, oh, just amen. don't forget how important going and having a swim is or slowing down. I know I hate slowing down. I hate it. I do. But it is just, it's a game changer mm-hmm. when you're doing so much. And that's how I'm able to work full time, start and build a business and still keep my mental health. It's those slowing down moments and saying no. I cannot tell you more often, fuck what people think, say no. <laughs> Amen. You know, uh, part of uh, solving for time now, I'm in a phase where I'm literally trying to simplify to the point where how does time work for me? 
So what do I have to put into place for the things to work for me, which will also help innovate people's businesses or their habits or things like that. Like it forces us to be like, how do I make things work for me? It's the next level yeah. of, of time. But I wanted to ask you before we wrap here, like where can everybody find you online? How can they connect directly with you? Yeah. All that fun stuff. Okay. So follow me over at uh, Atria. So A-Y-T-R-I-A and it's a double uh, underscore. So look up Atria on Instagram, follow me over there, or you can check out my website, which is www.atria.com.au. Um, and yeah, and please guys reach out to me. Like I love hearing from people. I love talking to people. I love connecting. So slide into my DMs, let me know what you think. Um, and I love feedback. So please reach out. Now everybody be appropriate when you slide into her DMs, ask her, <laughs> ask, ask her the right questions. Uh, you know, make sure that, you know, she, her time, she, you can see what she's already doing with her time in general. Um, so, you know, just, you know, uh, just like I say to everybody, these people are here to reach out to, but just, you know, keep in mind, there's a lot going on in their world, just the same too, but she's got an incredible platform. So Atria, A-Y-T-R-I-A.com.au for Australia. Um, go check that out because she's building it. More and more people are coming on to it. Stay tuned. And there's a lot of exciting shit coming, guys. And there is. And so hopefully you guys will follow her journey along the way. So um, at underscore A-Y-T-R-I-A underscore on Instagram. That's how you'll find her there. And you'll also be able to find her. Um, well, yeah. I was going to say, you can find your personal account, but let's follow Atria because no, that's what we're building up. believe that. Yeah, that's, you that's can what find that as well. Follow the Atria but account. Like, but uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, and then and then you know uh, you know how this goes, Alex. And I always say this to every guest. And now that you're official guest, you're welcome back on any time. So if you want to come back on six months to a year from now and talk about, hey, here's what I've been learning in the you know after year two and three, uh, here's what's going on. Um, you're more than welcome to, or just to talk about any part of the journey that you know more people need to to know about what comes with the with all of this. So I appreciate yeah, you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm just, yeah, I feel really privileged and happy to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Everybody go follow her uh, immediately. <laughs> so, her success is my success, you know, because I've been helping you her for the last year. You don't get paid to say that, by the way, guys. I'm not, I'm not paid, but her success is my success because I've been helping her for the last year. But also, um, you know, she's also been, uh, thank you for the help with the podcast. Everybody that's listening, you know, um, it's been six years uh, and there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes and it's starting to feel um, even more um, scalable. So, uh, but I really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much, Alex, for being on the show. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of that with you, man. And uh, for everybody listening, we are both equally grateful for all of you guys listening. Please go leave a rating and review on Apple because Apple loves rewarding that to the rest of the world. <laughs> so, and it means a lot to me. And thank you guys for continuing to be part of the journey. For Alex Manstead, for myself, Matt Gosman, and for The Hustle Separately, we are out. Mm -hmm.